welcome to Glam and Grace. Where women can come indulge in a safe space designed to expose all the parts of life we go through. And in the moments when it's not so glamorous, there is grace. All right. Welcome, welcome. Um, Today is going to be the start of a entrepreneurial series that we're going to share with you guys. Um, We're first going to talk a little bit about what we do, and then we look forward to having some of our speakers join us, switch things up a little bit for a series about women in business. Bring some some more busy businesswoman into the fold. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and we're just going to open us up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into the topic of real estate. Yay. Um, Father, we just come to you today, and we thank you for the time we get to share with these ladies um, and each other. We thank you for knowledge that you have uh, given us so that we can share with, with others, and we can improve the lives of others around us um, through that. And we thank you for all the business women that um, we share this path with as well. And we ask you to lead us and guide us. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Amaris. So why don't you tell us first, I think it's important to understand the market because I think that helps you make more educated decisions in the process of home buying and to understand when you should invest, when you should purchase, when you should sell, refinance, like there's all these options. So why don't we take it back a few years and you talk about what the market was like previously when you started and how it is now, mm-hmm. and the biggest differences that people should pay attention to. Um, those are all very important key um, points you make there. Um, I do think that it is hugely important to understand the market that you are in. That is going to enable you to win um, for whatever is most important to you, rather you're trying to invest in property um for profit, um, rather that short-term, long-term. And in that, I think that right now, people are really concerned with um, what homes are appraising for, like value of homes right now, what they're selling for. Um, and they're comparing it to previous markets that we've been in before. So I've been in real estate since 2017. I took a year and a half off. Um, I was in it for, oh my God, let's see, maybe like a year and a half, half almost two, two years. years. Yeah. Um, and I was doing it part-time. And I was also in retail management then still. And I'm a single parent, as we know. So I was trying to juggle all of those things. And I thought that it was something I could do part-time and still be highly successful. Um, and I'm not saying that Some people may be able to do that, but for me, I feel like I've been much more successful now, not just because we have had a good market, but because I've been able to really devote all the time that this is needed um, to my business because this is a full-time business. There is so much that goes into it. Um, So when we're thinking about 2017, the market was good. Um, it was stable and, um, the rates were higher then, than they are now. And, um, home values 
they were up a little bit, but they weren't up as much as they are now. And so I think that um, we can kind of go back to then. I was actually, that was when y'all were thinking about buying for the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so at that current time, you know, we were looking at different factors that affected how much um, Elizabeth and Antoine were going to spend on their home and what they could get approved for. So then comparatively to now, they, how long have y'all been in your home? Uh, two years now. Two so years. it was like a three-year difference from when right. we first looked. I think when we first looked, it was 2018. Okay, right. I can count that by the times I was pregnant. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 2018. So t- a two-year difference. And right. the market can change like that. And like you're saying, did. the <laughs> rates being higher and lower play a huge piece right. in your home value and what you can borrow. Mm-hmm. So then I think when you guys reapplied and you found a home that you really loved um, two years ago, uh, I was on break then. I was actually working for Wells Fargo. I was in banking. Um, I took a break from real estate because I really needed to figure some things out for my family. And I thought, if I'm going to do anything else, I want to do something that's going to help me in real estate because it was a passion then and it still is now. And I just knew that I wanted to be able to learn something else that was going to kind of build upon this industry. So, um, of course, Elizabeth had to use a different agent, sad Sally, but, you know, it's okay. Um, (laughs) So, but she was able to get approved for way more house. So, the difference was that rates had drastically dropped. And people say, okay, well, would I rather pay more money for a home or have a higher rate? Because I don't think that at any market you're ever going to see where those are completely balanced. They're always going to kind of teeter back and forth. And that kind of goes back to economics, which we will not dig into today. Um, But economics plays a huge role in um, the housing market. So if you can understand that, that really can help direct you. Um, and so I do challenge you ladies to kind of look into that because it's, it's huge, um, especially teaching our children these days how that affects them. So, Well, to see the long-term goal. You absolutely. know, like when you get a mortgage, you're borrowing that money for an extended period of time. So if my rate is lower over this time, how much money am I going to save compared to that same length of the loan but with a higher rate well and it's also about what people can afford monthly that is so big because people are like oh well I'm paying this house sold three years ago for fifty thousand dollars less um why would I want to pay fifty thousand dollars more um and some people could say that's going to average out to be the same amount of interest then okay so if it's the same what's What's the deal? <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you would have bought then or you bought now and you're still spending the same amount of money, rather you're spending it in more home or you're spending it in more interest, the difference is your monthly mortgage. Right. And monthly mortgages affect families, I think, on a higher rate than the long-term idea of I'm paying on this total amount for 30 years. 
Well, and only you know what's best for your family situation. Absolutely. And so you have to decide that. And that's one of the things as home buyers that, you know, Antoine and I have to decide, okay, God, when is it the right time? Mm-hmm. And again, I look and see when he protected us because in 2018, when we were looking with you, we didn't have as many children. We were right. going to end up in a three-two, which would have been great, but we would have been literally living on top of each other. And you would have had to turn around and sell that and buy something else. Exactly. And that's a lot of movement. That is. That's a lot of movement, especially when you're a big family. And so for us, it was just such a God thing that mm-hmm. we got into the market when the rates were low, but the home values weren't as high. Right. And you and I even had a discussion the other day, like, oh, our house is worth so much more. Is it worth to move? Is it worth to do this? And you had to have the same conversation with me. Right. It may be, but all of these factors affect that. So let's talk about if you're new and you're looking for a real estate agent, what are some of the things that you should look for in an agent? And what is that process of hiring an agent? Um. So I do encourage... Um, if you are looking to get into real estate, rather that is investments, um, a personal home, second home, whatever that may be, I do um, encourage you to think about who you are as a person, what your family needs, and think about also where you want to live and look for a few different agents that you can sit down and interview and connect with. Find out if that agent connects with you and that you feel like you're going to be able to work well together. Because once again, this is a short-term relationship. Right. It's it's a long short-term relationship, especially if you don't know your agent and you just took that reference off of face value for someone else. Um, every personality type and, you know, character doesn't always mesh. And, I mean, outside of that, there are also, it's fair to sit down and interview several agents and say, okay, what's your track record? What's your strengths in real estate? And what do you think your weakness would be? Um, And, I mean, we all have strengths and weaknesses. um, And we know them and not to sit there and say, we're going to just expose that. But I think that it's fair to say some people in real estate they flourish with first-time homebuyers. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have a heart for that. Some people have a heart for elderly people and, um, you know, or second or third or investments. So there's different segments of real estate that you can really look at and say, where do I fit in? And when you connect with that real estate agent, you can say, okay, this feels right. Mm-hmm. You also can take the time if you're a God-fearing person, to go back and pray and say, is this the right relationship for me? Yeah, and I love that you said that because literally last week we talked about Jesus culture, right? Right. And and we can look at every area of our lives and see where that fits into us. Like you said, people have a heart for this or a heart for, you know, older people. That's how you get to serve them. Okay, so I've chosen an agent. What do I need to do next? you know, to get ready for searching. Are there things I should do before I start sending you homes? You know, I know, (laughs) like first home (laughs) buyers do. (laughs) I think that people think that, um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that 
as agents, we wear so many hats. But that's because we have um, You're the front connections. Line. We have connections with everybody that you need throughout the process. Um, we do also have to give you, we don't have to, I mean, it's, it's very suggested that we do. Um, excuse me. Um, we need to give, good agents need to give at least three, two to three references for everything that is referred out. So that's going to, the next steps are really going to be with getting with your agent. If you haven't already been pre-approved before you met your agent, that is the number one key step is to to go sit down with a mortgage lender. Even if you're not going to sit down with them, you know, and get pre-approved in that moment, maybe just have a conversation with them and let them know a little bit about what your current debt pad looks like. Um, what you're trying to get out of it, how big of a house you need, um, to know that you may not even can afford what you want at that moment in time. It's really figuring out, if I can't, how can I get to that place? So, excuse me, your mortgage lender is really going to direct a lot of that. Um, But then you also have so many other relationships that are involved. So, we definitely want to... Get you pre-approved first so we can figure out how much house you can afford. Um, You can be okay with the rate that you're quoted. Um, Now, they're not going to lock that rate until you find a house. So That changes like every 30 days, right? That that can change. Um, So if you don't find a house and the rates go up, then your rate that you were kind of like, I don't really even know if they. Right. They're like, okay, you're going to be in this area of a rate. That may change because the market determines that. So those are going to be your first steps. And then after we find a house, you know, we're going to make an offer. If that's accepted, then we're going to move into different steps um, through the process. And a good agent is always going to communicate with you every step of the way. Hold your hand and let you know, um, you know, how it's going, what to expect, what to do, what not to do. Okay. So, say we found the house. There's multiple offers on the house, which we've seen a lot. We've seen houses, like, literally fly before the sign. Like, you're hammering the sign in, the house sold already. Right. So, what can you do as a buyer to kind of beat some of those offers out? Um, So, essentially, your realtor is your advisor. Okay. Your realtor is not the one that holds you know, the mortgage, they're not the one that's going to have to carry that note. They're not the one that's spending the money at the closing table. So, yes, we can sit down with you and let you know, hey, look, this is going to be your most competitive offer. And this is going to put you in the top running. I'm never going to say it's going to actually win you the deal because I don't know that. So, I can't make false claims. But, I'm going to do my best to set you up so that you're successful in getting your offer at least um, in, you know, the top choices from the seller. Because, I mean, we're seeing people being, I mean, like 50 plus offers on one house. So how can you stand out? And unfortunately, you know, there are people that are doing things that, are way outside my comfortability wheelhouse. However, 
that person, that's what's the most important thing for them at that moment. So they've made that choice to do so. So you have to decide when I sit down and I give you, you know, the playbook of here's what's going to get you in the top. Is that even within your means? And if it's not, it's not. And as an agent in this crazy market, you know, it's not easy continuing to go over and over and over, you know, multiple deals and see more homes, but we're dedicated to you because when you win, we win. So, you know, if it's not what's right for you, then you just have to put your offer in, say a prayer, and keep moving forward if it doesn't come through at that time. And I think, too, it's great. Like you said, you have all of the connections that kind of hold you know, I don't want to say seal the deal because ultimately the closing table, all of that seals that, but you are the front line and you have to wear all these different hats to help your buyers get from beginning to end or your sellers, you know, get from beginning to end. So what would you say to the people who may not understand the compensation that realtors get and that they think, you know, they don't see the whole picture. So how can you help consumers understand the percentage that's paid to realtors? So that kind of goes back to closing cost. Um, and both sides have, you know, a cost. There, It costs money to sell a house. It costs money to buy a house. And that is both up front and at the closing table. So, I mean... If any realtor tells you, like, oh, you can do this, you don't have to have any money, then run very fast um, because it, it costs money. Even if it's just you want an inspection, that's $350 at least there, right. um, give or take. So, you know, it's something to understand that when you are on the selling side, the commission is paid from that. So... And this is not to say anything against for sale by owners. You have to decide what's right for you as a seller. Um, but essentially, when it comes down to it, I think there has always been this atmosphere of where people don't really take realtors seriously. And they're like, okay, you guys make too much. You just sit around in your office and make calls and just go out and show houses and that's it. And that's so far from the truth, and I know Elizabeth can attest to that. I work generally seven days a week, <laughs> and so we're literally putting out fires for you that sometimes you don't even know about, and that's because we want to take as much of the stress off the table for you that we can, um, and we've also been through different types of transactions to know how to navigate through them. So as where you may see be sitting here saying, you know, oh, well, why don't you cut your commission? Well, like, okay, for what reason? Like, what's right. the validity in that? Because you may think, oh, I just wrote an offer and I submitted it. But what if it comes down to something that is to do with your loan, the type of house you're buying, and what is required by the lender that maybe you don't even know that's right. going to be required. That's a cost to you. I've already premeditated that. <laughs> like, I, in my mind, I can set you up for those things. Then you have negotiations. 
you know, I mean, I don't think anybody really wants to sit back and negotiate directly with the other party because emotions are high. There's no one to sit there and kind of, you know, go back balance and forth. Balance the conversation. Balance. Right. So, um, you know, it's huge. And I just challenge you if you have sat back and you've thought like, oh, you know, they make too much or um, if you're thinking about asking a realtor to cut their cost, if they haven't done anything wrong within the transaction that it was a mistake that they made, I mean, because at the end of the day, every realtor's not open to it, but I own if I, you know, do something wrong, can it cost you money? I mean, I do my best to try to, you know, make that right because at the end of the day, I don't ever want, you know, people to think that, you know, I'm perfect. Everybody makes mistakes, but I'm, I take ownership for my part in it. And not to say that navigating through the world that we deal with, I mean, there are so many parts, T's to cross, I's to dot. I mean, you have inspections, you have appraisers, you have lenders, you have all of these hands in the pots. And I don't wear those hats. I'm a realtor. That's it. But I do negotiate on you, I mean, for you on your behalf in those areas. So it's important to understand that, you know, how would you feel if someone came to your job and said, okay, do this for me, um, but mm, I just really don't think you're worth it. I just really don't want to pay you. Like, right. can you just cut your calls? Can you just, like, just get, go a little cheaper for me? Like, what? Like, there's taxes involved. There's, this is self-employment. We not only have to pay, you know, our own taxes that are not being cut, but we have to pay our brokerage cuts. We have gas co- gas costs. We have marketing costs. Our time is valuable. So, you know, if you are edging on the cusp of not really sitting there understanding what that looks like um, and you're questioning that, just sit down with your realtor and say, hey, like I'm having some you know, reservations about what I'm going to pay you. Or maybe you can't afford to pay as much as what's being asked for. You know, that is the beauty of communication, that some things can be worked through and we can kind of get together and understand that a little bit better. Yeah, and I think that's good too. You know, when you were talking about interviewing an agent, I think as a home buyer, I know from my perspective of, having realistic expectations. And then hopefully when people hear this episode or other things that they read, it helps them understand their journey and what they need to think about from the very beginning before you even fall in love with that dream house and start that process to have those realistic expectations. And also, if you are looking for a realtor or any of our busy business women. Don't forget that you can check out the website, theglamgrace.com. Click that tab that says Busy Businesswoman. You can also connect with us on Instagram at theglamgrace. And we have a link tree that has all the things that we've touched on. Um, And, you know, connect with us there. We look forward to it. And we're going to continue this series on um, with some more Busy Businesswomen. 